three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. This is Chris Carlton here, and we have another dual interview today. I believe this is my third dual interview. And we have Brandon Lush and Johnny Felsenthal from Drake University. Guys, thank you very much for being here. How are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. So so we're gonna we're gonna get started. So um we've got a great interview to contrast with. Uh Brandon studied abroad or he did a semester at sea and Johnny studied abroad in Berlin, Germany. So they're gonna answer the questions that we usually have. And so yeah, so it's uh double trouble today. Uh first of all, guys, for both of you, um what made you decide to wanna study abroad? So what really uh, motivated me to study abroad was just, you know, it's the one opportunity in my life where I could kind of, uh, without too many responsibilities, go travel the world and uh, just submerse myself in a culture that um, I was not experienced to. So it was really, uh, really glad I did it, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was, was that Brandon or Johnny? That was Johnny. That was Johnny. All right, Brandon. What about you? Um, I really just wanted to see the world. I always knew I wanted to teach overseas, so I kind of just wanted to figure out where I might want to end up one day. But I got to see almost every continent. It was really good. I know my mom really wanted it for me too, so that was a big part of me deciding on this program. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then, so what made you decide? Uh, we'll go. I guess we'll go back and forth. So you'll see what I'm talking about. So Brandon. Why did you decide uh, with on semester at sea? Partially because I knew I'd get bored if I stayed in one spot too long. I wanted a comparative study abroad and not an immersive one, technically. Ah, I see. Um, okay, that's a good way of putting it. I, I wanted to see as much as possible in the shortest time as possible, and with also was within my price range. Right. Um, and because it was an American school. Well, it's an American international school, so I was with international students and a bunch of American students, so it felt like a, a little touch of home, too, which was really nice. Sure. Yeah, and then, uh, Johnny, you probably, he said he didn't want to get bored, but you probably weren't bored in Berlin, were you? Why did, why did you pick uh, Berlin, Germany? So, I picked Berlin because I'm a bit of a World War II geek, and also my family <clears throat> is uh, is German, and so I wanted to kind of... Um, see my roots and also, you know, experience the culture and um, visit a lot of historical sites from World War II. Another good thing about Berlin is I, I somewhat also wanted to um, to travel around Europe. And Berlin is a good central hub for doing that. You can get almost anywhere in Europe pretty, pretty cheap. So that's why I chose Berlin. Yeah, so two things. I've talked to students who have done that, and like that—that's a big factor in determining, especially in Europe, when determining where to study abroad. Because 
like being in that central place, Germany, France, right in there, you get to go a lot of other places, which I'm sure you did, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then also mm-hmm. too, yeah, I've actually, I've, I've interviewed students who went on, they were faculty led programmings and like the theme of the program, I think that, yeah, they went to Ohio state or one of them went to Ohio state and, um, it, it like the purpose of it was to learn World War Two through the eyes of like Germans and what it was like for them after, what it was like for them before. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Every I mean, I think everyone is just like a World War Two buff on some level or another. It's just because it's like the, the great you know it's just an interesting war, uh, like a good versus evil kind of tale that you don't you know look with a villain and everything. So yeah, and then so now um. Uh, Brandon, or Brent, or no, 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 back and forth. So Johnny, so on the scholarship level, did you apply for any scholarships while you were there too, or to go there? Uh, and, and what what program? Like, how did you end up going? So I did not apply for any scholarships, mm-hmm. um, but I ended up finding. I went through a program called CIEE Global Institute. Okay. And I found that program through uh, Drake's study abroad office and um, applied and got in. And I just, it was actually significantly cheaper than going to Drake. So, really? Uh, yeah. Um, and what was the name of your host school in Berlin? Uh, CIE Global Institute. Oh, so it's just, okay, uh, yeah, I've done that before. So you, you're actually taking classes at the CIE buildings, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yes. And then, uh, Brandon, were you? What about you? Were you able to apply for any scholarships uh, for the semester at sea? Yeah, I'm super poor, so I applied for everything <laughs> that was available. Um, yeah, I actually got a bunch from Drake and Colorado State and semester at sea. They're different organizations, and that was able to fund a lot of the trips that I did with in country and all the flights and just eating, quite honestly. So that that helped out a lot. I applied for whatever I could get nice so you got pretty well stacked then huh and like i know yeah semester at sea like they they're pretty good with it i interviewed i interviewed a girl like that works for semester at sea and they talk about how they're they're pretty they make sure that you get whatever you need so okay and then did you guys go during the same semester or when did you guys both study abroad yeah we were both during the same semester okay, that would be i figured spring, spring of 2017 okay all right, nice. And uh, so, so Brandon, um, can you tell me about just just give me a day in the life on the ship? Uh, like what country or yeah, what what was it like going to classes? What how many credits did you take? Like what classes did you take? Did you take anything interesting? I know that you guys can on semester at sea they can take stuff a little out of the ordinary. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, on the ship, you were maxed out for taking four classes usually. One of them had to be a giant um, homeroom kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. called global studies. It's required. And you just learn all about the world, which it was, it was super helpful knowledge going into these countries. But And then I took three separate English classes. I'm a, I'm a double major. I'm education in English. Mm-hmm. I was able to tackle away my major a little bit. But I know a lot of my friends took stuff like oceanography or underwater volcano studies or... Right. Uh, maritime law and pirates and all these interesting things. Like some of the guys wow. were really interesting. And like there were textiles and how to knit in all these different countries. There was 
classes ranging from every discipline you could you couldn't believe how much they had on the ship. Yeah. And so you'd wake up. You uh, usually had one or two roommates. I was with um, a guy from Norway who had dual citizenship in England. He was hilarious. And we'd wake up at the same time, <laughs> go to breakfast, and we'd meet all of the friends that we had, get breakfast, go to our first global studies class. And then after that, it was kind of free range. I mean, you're on the ship. It's no bigger than maybe three football fields. Okay. I mean, that's, that's not so, small. That's like, okay. I don't know. It's yeah. just, okay. You're on the ship. It's not, and like, what do you do? Um, like, what do you do for fun on the ship? Is there, there's a, like, what they have a lot of yeah, amenities, so there's, right? There's a pool on the ship. There was like a tennis slash basketball hoop on the very top of the ship. Uh, they did yoga classes all the time. And then they had TVs in the rooms and they'd broadcast some real old crappy movies each day, but they're fun to watch. We rediscovered every card game that we'd forgotten as kids. Um, but because there's no, there's also no Wi-Fi in the middle of the ocean. So you were forced to spend quality time with these people. And I, so you, you find out almost every single thing about these people on the ship. You know all about them. You know about the home lives. You know every single detail. And you'd sit there and just talk to them for hours. And about how many people on the ship were there, do you know? Um, I want to think when I went, there were about 1,000 or like 900. Oh, that's a, that's a lot of people to be on a, on a boat. Or a, I know they say don't call it a boat, call it a ship. And, and Johnny, what, what about you? How, tell me about your living arrangements. Yeah, so I lived in, it was somewhat of like a dorm, like a cross between like a, a dorm and an apartment. Uh, I had two other roommates, um, and we had a bathroom, and um, we shared a kitchen with the rest of the floor, but had, yeah, so it was, it was somewhat of a dorm, but, uh, and then one of the nice things about my program is I only had class on Tuesday and Thursday, so I would wake up and from uh, nine to three o'clock is when I took my classes, and um, that allowed me to have a lot of uh, free time to travel and also explore Berlin. So on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would wake up and go to class, and um, that was pretty much my routine. But on all of the other days, I would wake up around 10 o'clock, um, go to the grocery store. I went to the grocery store every single day. That was one of the really nice things about um, Berlin. And I, I lived in this neighborhood called uh, Kreuzberg, and there was a lot of really cool um, small shops, and it's one of the more diverse up-and-coming um, areas of Berlin. So that was super cool. So I would go there, um, get the food for the day, um, go to the gym, bike around Berlin, um, explore different restaurants, see historical sites, that sort of thing. One of the things that Berlin is known for, though, is their uh, their nightlife. It's one of the one of the number one um, club scenes in the entire world, and it's not like Americanized clubs in the sense that like you have to pay a lot of money um, in order to to get in, and, and people aren't really there to like compare themselves to one another, which I really really like. Oh, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Kind of where like there's a DJ in the air somehow, and it's just that that kind of club vibe. That so what is what is your major? My major is uh, entrepreneurial management and economics. And and do you guys live together then, or 
Yeah, uh, we're not roommates, but we're graduating at the same time. We're both graduating this May. This May. And Brandon, what was what was your major? I'm uh, English and secondary education, so I'm gonna teach high school. Okay, and so what do we, do you know what you're gonna do for work after or? Well, yeah, I, I got a job because of the semester. See, that was a huge part. I got hired by the Peace Corps. Seriously? So what what are you gonna do for the Peace Corps? Yep, I'm gonna go to uh, Benin. It's in West Africa. All right. Okay. So that's a that's another exciting adventure that you're gonna get ready to take on. But I've had friends that have done semester at sea. I've talked to people. I've interviewed people that have done semester at sea. So tell me about the fun part. Tell me about going to port and the places that you got to visit. Yeah. So we stopped in Honolulu, Hawaii, Kobe, Japan, Shanghai, China. Um, Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam. Um, I can't remember the city in India. And then we had to skip Mauritius because of a really bad storm. We uh, had to completely skip over it. And then we went straight to South Africa and then to Ghana, Morocco, and we ended in Germany. Really? So were you guys going to visit each other? I missed, I missed him by like two weeks. We were, we were going to plan on it, but yeah, he left just one. Yeah. Now, Johnny, I know you didn't just get to Berlin mm-hmm. and sit there. You bounced around Europe a little bit, too. Tell me about the, the places that you went. Yeah, I traveled um, most of Europe. Uh, I went to Amsterdam, Paris. Uh, I went to Geneva. I went to Prague, Leipzig, um, Copenhagen, Munich, Strasbourg. That might be, that might be, I went to Cologne too. Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of Europe and I, I definitely enjoyed my time there. Amongst all this traveling, I mean, I seriously should be sponsored by like a tourism something, but you guys have to have some stories, right? Tell, can you tell me any stories that stick out? I got to Amsterdam at, uh, at like five in the morning and my, I took a bus there and I boarded the bus. And my roommates and I, from the time, it was our first time riding on a bus where they served alcohol. So we, we drank the entire bus ride there, and then we got to Amsterdam, and it was just like one wild party from when we got there. And so we couldn't check into our hostel until, um, until like 5 p.m., so we dropped our bags off, and then we just wandered around Amsterdam all day. We went, explored some of the coffee shops, the red light district, um, went to the uh, to Anne Frank's house. Um, then we we went on this canal tour, and I had never had absinthe before, but we we drank a ton of absinthe. And um, next thing I know, I was at I. I was at this club and it was just a long day uh, and I ended up being up for like 24 straight hours in Amsterdam just kind of wandering the city. Oh wow so just a little bender in uh in Amsterdam that's a good way to kick it off. Uh, Brandon what can you match that or what's going on with you then? Yeah so I was in South Africa with all my friends we all went out to a church service my uh, all my friends on the ship were really catholic and they wanted to go to church services in each country. So I was like, all right, screw it, whatever. Um, so we went to this church, and it was 
super weird. They started like healing people in the crowd. They had snakes on stage and they're like doing like fire tricks and everything. So really they, all my Catholic friends tweaked out and we're not doing well with it. And then immediately we, uh, we went to the biggest party street in Cape town called uh long street. We go get a drink and hang out and get some hookah afterwards. Um, it took about five minutes until some dude tried to steal my shoes and one of the girls threw the guy to the ground. I just got lucky. I'd already been drinking, so I didn't know what was happening. And then within like another hour, I got a knife pulled on me and all my friends, and we got we got mugged by this random dude. And they ended up robbing our Uber driver too. Um, but ended up being actually really fun. Like the dude took us home. I had to pay the Uber driver back for all the money he lost, and it was just this huge ordeal. But it was the funny thing. It was like right after we left church, we went out and got drinks, and we just got mugged immediately following. Like we totally had it coming. Wait, I thought Cape Town was like a nice place to go and visit. South Africa is the uh, the rape capital of the world, which they didn't tell us about until we like the day we got there. Um, a lot of the girls were like super, did not feel safe, and it depends on the city you're in. But even Cape Town depends on the part. If you went to like a township, you had to be kind of nervous. I had a couple friends who stayed. I stayed in the township a couple nights, and then they did too. And a lot of them like either got harassed or like almost got groped or something. And it, you had to just be really vigilant. It was like, it was totally fine, but you, people were out to get you for sure. I mean, it's a really, fun city. I would totally recommend going there. You just, just don't, just don't be a dumb tourist and you'll be good. Like I would, I just messed up. All right. And of all these places now, let's get into the, the culinary part of it. Tell me about the food. What do you, what sticks out from the food from all your, both of your travels? Um, so the food in all these countries was really good. I actually got food poisoning twice and about died each time. Absolutely horrible. But the food was phenomenal. I remember in Japan, they had these little sushi conveyor belts. And because, because it's an island nation, the, the fish is so cheap. So you could get, you know, 30, 40 rolls of sushi or 30, 40 pieces for 10 bucks at the very most. And really good sushi. Um, and then, yeah, it was, oh gosh, it was so good. Yeah, I've heard that in actually another interview, my first Japan interview. I haven't posted it yet, but I heard that the sushi is not only better than here, but it's it's cheap too, which is awesome. I can't wait to try that. That's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, you, wouldn't, you really wouldn't get anything for that. And then in Vietnam, all the food was really good. Most of the countries I went to were relatively poor compared to the United States, so I could get a full meal, an appetizer, and a beer or two for less than two or three bucks. And so I remember getting really good food just everywhere. All right, and on to Johnny. I, my favorite food was actually um, this street food stand that was right outside of my building uh, called Big Donor Gamouche. This Turkish guy who moved to Berlin and opened a, uh, a kebab stand and you could go there, and for three euros, you could get this massive, it's, it's essentially like a burrito with donor meat and vegetables and uh, fried, essentially um, fries, a bunch of different sauces, and you could get that with a uh, half liter beer for three euros. And so almost every single day, I would go get one of those and a beer, and I'd walk around uh, Berlin, because in Berlin, there's no open container law. Um, so people just walk around with um, with beer wherever they go. That was 
that was something that I really enjoyed too, um, was experiencing and exploring all the different beer cultures of Europe. Um, like Germany has, uh, you know, the German purity laws, which have been in place since the uh, 1500s, and that made it so that all the beer is very similar in Germany. But then you you go over to uh, into Belgium, and they have um, doubles, triples, and quad ales, and those are very different. So that was uh, one of my favorite experiences. Three euros. I wish this guy had a website. I wish it wasn't just a stand. I'd link to it. That's got to be the best deal in Europe. Wow. Yeah, it's really cheap, especially when you get it from a street food stand. Like, don't get me wrong, you, you're you're playing with uh with death when you when you eat street food, um, but it's totally worth it. Like, I would probably get sick like one out of ten times I would eat it, but it was so worth it. Okay, so I mean, like to me, if you go into a bar and you buy a beer, that's three euros right there. So I mean, how much was beer there? Yeah. Well, in at the supermarket that I would go to, uh, a beer cost me eighteen cents, eighteen American cents. Wow, I need to get to Berlin. That is insane. I mean, beer capital of the world, though. I, well, Germany is. I don't know about Berlin, but I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, is beer, exactly. Right? And the the crazy thing about it was. If you go out to a restaurant, it doesn't matter where you go. Anywhere you go, you have to pay for water. Beer is always cheaper than water. So no matter where I went, no matter where I went, I would just get a beer because it's cheaper than water. There you go. If you got to pay for water, might as well get it through beer. And Johnny, what do you what do you want to do after you graduate then? Or do you have any plans or aspirations? Yeah, so my plan after school is to go and sell hydraulic pneumatic um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a thrill uh i'm planning on doing that in the midwest so i want to go into a sales role and one of the reasons i want to go into a sales role is because it gives you the opportunity to travel around and i wouldn't have known my love of travel unless i had gone to um gone to berlin and traveled around the you know the eu and just experienced the world so i would say that um studying abroad definitely you know, broaden my horizons and help me figure out what I want to do. I also think it was pretty good to um, to submerge myself in a culture other than um, my own because I was able to see that there are multiple perspectives on the world, especially, you know, I was there when Donald Trump was elected president. And so I wanted, I didn't want to, but I was able to see uh I, I should take that back. I did want to see it. I did want to see how other people felt about the United States um, and kind of get an alternate perspective. And, and what did they think of Trump? Oh, they, they hated him. Yeah, like, I, hated I him. went out and bought uh, one of the biggest papers in in uh, Germany is called Der, Der Spiegel. And the first um, the edition that came out when I was broad was a picture of Donald Trump holding the severed head of the Statue of Liberty, and that was on Germany, Germany's biggest publication. So, I mean, they, they absolutely... I was on a train, the, the U-Bahn, which is the, the subway system in Berlin, and they have TVs on there, and Angela Merkel, who is Chancellor uh, of, Germany. of Germany, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
um, she was at the White House, and while she was at the White House, Donald Trump wrote a number on a scratch piece of paper and slid it across the the table and said, Germany needs to pay us this amount of money. And everyone on the subway was just laughing. And I was wearing a backwards hat, and so I clearly stuck out as an American because that's not very common in Europe. And uh, it was it was really embarrassing, to be totally honest. And how have you how have you both come away from this? How has it changed you as as people? Um. Well, yeah, like Johnny said, we both and I, both he and I were abroad at the same time. So I, I got routinely made fun of in every single country that I was in because of Trump. And also, I'm a I've got long blonde hair. I had long blonde hair at the time, so everyone said I looked like Trump. So that always just like shot me in the ass every time. Um, but I realized that the world's super interconnected and that a lot of my friends who I said brought up to were education. So I got the job with the Peace Corps. I leave for South America here in a couple of days to go teach at another international high school. Um, I, yeah, I, I fell in love with the world. That's, that's a super like cheesy way to put it, but there, I just realized that everything is super connected and that there's always, there's always going to be more stuff that I can do or like help serve. So Real optimistic. So recently, I've been asking people to talk about their their schools that they go to. So, can you tell me why you guys chose Drake University and what what makes Drake special to you? Um. So I came up here on an accident. My friend told me that we were going to go to Drake. Um, I thought he meant the concert. Um, and I got up here and was sorely disappointed. He he introduced him and his ex girlfriend. Um, back when we all had a high school class together and she already went to school here because she was older than us. And so I thought she was going to meet us at the concert, but she actually went to school here. And so we just came up, I got stuck into it and I actually ended up really like, I was accepted to a bunch of different schools. I had a ride to the air force Academy. I was accepted to U Chicago and a couple of schools in Missouri where I'm from, but I liked really, I really liked Drake. It was nice and small. It was affordable too, which was a nice touch. It's more than you bargained for, huh? Thought you were going to a concert and ended up going to a college. Johnny, what about you? Yeah, so both my parents um, went to Drake. My sister went to Drake. So I'm at Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I hindsight, I wish I went to a school outside of the Midwest. It's definitely not like a big state school, but something something probably in the Northwest region of the United States. Just because I'm probably going to live in the Midwest for the rest of my life, and it would have been nice to spend some more time in a different region. But the education pretty good. is pretty good, except, you know, I I criticize the school a lot because they charge $50,000 a year to go here. Yeah. And so for $50,000, I think the education should be way better than it is. Relative to other schools, though, it, it, is, it is pretty damn good. Um, but... Like I said, I don't think the I don't think the value is there. To be totally honest, two hundred thousand dollars for four years. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely agree with you. Two hundred thousand dollars is a hefty price tag for Iowa, but l- let's. It, I think it was yeah. worth it in the long run. Let's get into the rapid fire portion of the podcast. Do you guys have any book or media recommendations? Book recommendations. I, I'm going to be honest, not really. <laughs> I, listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Okay, yeah. Podcasts are even better, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan podcast or, or Planet Money, um, Freakonomics, or The Indicator. The, the Indicator, Planet Money, and Freakonomics are all econ podcasts. Yeah, I, I, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, too. I love when he dissects current events and information, how he thinks about it, and then he sprinkles a little bit of his comedy on it, too. Yeah. I'm an English teacher, man. I read books all day long. Uh, uh, I actually have a, a quote from a book tattooed on my arm. It's called uh, Dandelion Wine by Ray Bradbury. But I'd say my favorite book is called The Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kundera. And I just, I found that book randomly at a Shanghai bookstore and it's absolutely phenomenal. Really? You, you don't hear stories like that too often anymore where you're just wandering into a bookstore and you pick up one and you skim it and you end up reading it and it's one of your favorite books now awesome i love hearing stories like that and then i don't know if you guys do but let's say if you had a little brother or little sisters or something like that what advice would you give them about studying abroad the process if they were hesitant about going into it what, what would you say do it for sure do it and whatever your budget is multiply it by four make sure you you bring uh more money than you're anticipating also like get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and sure. and do some do some, do some dumb, stuff. Do that, some dumb shit. Do some dumb stuff. Like <laughs> you can only. Do, I mean, don't do stuff that's gonna like get you to detain. Yeah. Like don't do that. My roommate did that. Yeah, that's never a good like, time. But um, do meet new people. Yeah. Try and learn the language if you can. Um, ask people. Like also, when you're on the subway or you're walking around. Don't have your headphones in and don't be looking at your phone. Try and take advantage of just absorbing everything that you can. The quote or the quote is I want to feel all there is to feel. I mustn't forget I'm alive. I know I'm alive. I mustn't forget it tonight, tomorrow, or the day after that. That, that is really good advice. Thank you very much. And then do you guys finally, do you have a quote that you want to part with? When, when music hits, you feel no pain. Great way to end. And don't let it hit you while you're walking around the streets studying abroad with your headphones in, though. Uh, guys, thank you very much for doing this. Best of luck as you move into your future endeavors in the next chapter of your life. We'll talk to you again soon. Um, everyone listening, hook up on social media for new interviews. Come to the website. There's always new things going on, and we'll see you next time. All right. Yep. Thanks, man. Take care. See you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, you, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.